0: Welcome everyone to the Bread of Life. I'm Joe Van Hoogen. I'm the Bible teacher at the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho, and I'm the Executive Director of the International Outreach and Disciple Making Ministry Church Partnership Evangelism. Our full-time missionaries are working to equip and engage the body of Christ in countries in South America, Europe, Asia, and Africa. You can learn more about how we're raising up national evangelists and disciple makers and church planters by going to traincpe.org. Please know that your prayers and your financial partnership are used of God to sustain this work. To donate, again, go to traincpe.org and follow the links. Listen now as we continue a call to stand in the gap through prayer in our churches. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 8, Paul lays down a design for all churches. They are to be places of prayer. He says, I desire that in every place the men should pray, lifting up holy hands, without wrath or doubting or disputing. From the context, we have learned that the prayer of the church and of the Christian are to be centered on God's passion to save lost people. We've learned that it's to be founded upon the central doctrine of the atoning sacrifice of Jesus Christ for our sins and the sins of the world. We've learned that our prayers are then to align strategically with the advance of the gospel. We're to pray in every way that God would, through all we ask for, that God would move forward in his cause to bring lost people to himself. We've learned that with all this, there must be added to our prayers holiness in our lives, or we cannot resonate God's holy heart with power and authority in our prayers. This holiness is Christ-likeness produced in us as we surrender completely to Christ himself. This holiness removes anger from the tone of our prayers. It also gives us a singular focus on God's glory as we pray, which puts to rest all disputing and inner doubting in our lives. Stand by now and get ready through your prayers to answer God's call to stand in the breach in your homes and your community and your nation and your world and resist the destruction of evil that would lay them waste. May God find our churches and you at prayer. I don't know your ways. I'm so numb to your will. I, I'm so foolish. And All these thoughts are spinning around in my head where I want to find your truth and your will and your way. And, but oh, listen... Even in that moment of complication, when you come before God and you yield to Him and say, But you, God, you're all true and you're all wise and you know all things, and I'll wait upon you until you give the answer, and I seek your presence and your faith and your life within me. All of a sudden, He quiets the storm that rages in the conversation of all the inner voices that roil within you. You speak that one word of clarity that says, I hold on to you and I trust in you and I rest in you. And this doubt and this conflict and this internal dialogue is put aside. Harsh arguments end because you live in holy surrender to Him. All these other issues are surrendered. And if you're living in sin that's unconfessed, there is a conflict going on in your spirit even as you go before God. You're trying to carry on a conversation with Him, and there's all kinds of contradicting back voices before you, and and you've got to sit there and try to justify them and tamp them down. You've got to say, But I'm a good person, and I'm a righteous person, and I do good things, and it's all there and then you try to progress in prayer, it can't happen. God won't hear it. God can't hear it because it's not you're not capable of resonating the sound of his own holy voice speaking over you and speaking his truth into you, a truth that will reveal your sin and cause you to confess it. The person who comes in this way before God will find that they can come into their prayer and sin, but they can't leave it in sin. It'll be laid out before him. It'll be completely confessed. It'll be let go. There will not be this unsettled dialogue and dispute and argument going on within your heart. Everything will be yielded to Christ for holiness is Christ living in the yielded person. This is the life of holiness and it's from this life that prayers are made to God that God answers. That person can pray without feeling condemnation before the throne of God. They can pray without any kind of presumption. They come to God bowing in worship and humility. They become to God bowing with expectation for their prayers because they know it reflects the heart of God himself and that it will be answered in his time and his way. But if you live to impose your own life on others or to cling and persist into the sin that you know is wrong before God, you can be sure your prayers will not be answered. Remember here, in 1 Timothy 2, we're to be found praying for those conditions of peace and quietness of life that make for the proclaiming of the gospel. We're to pray for it at least the peace and quietness to rule our own hearts so that our lives become oases of peace in an unstable world. And from our lives, we might be able to give people the hope that lies within us. But if you're not living in surrender, if you're not living a wholly surrendered life before God and that's not expressive in your prayers, no one's gonna look at your life to see those things. No one's gonna ask the question for the hope that lies within you. What they're going to see, you might not be able to see it yourself because you've glossed it over with your religious lifestyle. But what they're going to see is increasing bitterness and anger and contentions and self-impositions, even a lack of self-control. So your prayers won't be answered. People won't see you as a necessary answer for the peace themselves they long for. The result will not be more peace, it will be more conflict. This is where we began... Last week, do we concede to what's happening as we see our day seeming to move into further and further into the final judgments of God before the Lord Jesus returns? Do we just hand our nation over to God's judgment? Do we just say, God, it's time for you to take us out, take us out of the world and unleash your fury? And the answer is no. God has left us in the world to occupy a position in the gap, to pray and to resist the devil and his forces, to bring destruction and temptation upon our lives and our homes and our communities and our countries. And we're to do so more and more as we see the day approaching. And we're to do so so that we might have greater and greater opportunities to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ so that more and more might be saved and come to know him even in these last days. Our prayers are to rise out of God's heart for the lost, his desire that all might come to him and worship him and know the life that he alone can give. Our prayers are seeking this answer by claiming the one provision for sin that's been made in the ransom of Jesus Christ, dying for men's sins, every place where to be found praying, every place were to be strategically praying along these lines, raising up holy hands to a holy God. Empty hands, surrendered to Christ, are holy. When that is the case, by the way, your homes will need you, your communities will need you. Your world will need you. They'll need you. Eventually what will happen is they'll go looking to you in their crisis and their trials. Back to Moses, praying over that battle with the Amalekites. As the war is going on and the battle is going on down below them in the valley below, as Joshua is leading the forces in the battle against the Amalekites, Moses is up on that hill with his rod lifted up and he's, he's praying and he gets weary at times and his arms come down and the, and the tide of the battle turns and the Amalekites get the best of the Israelites. Somebody at some point in time begins to notice there's a connection between when the rod is lifted up in prayer by Moses and the rod is taken down and there are two individuals with him that see this taking place and so they turn their attention from the battlefield and now they're not looking at the battle. They're looking at Moses. They're going to Moses when Moses' arms get weary. and say, oh, oh, oh keep praying, Moses. Oh, Moses, keep your arms lifted up and keep praying. We need you praying. You might ask the question, why didn't they start praying themselves? Why didn't they pray? Why Moses pray?" I think they knew. Deep down they knew they needed a holy man to pray. The Bible tells us of Moses that he was the humblest man in all the earth. That tells me that he was the holiest man among them. They needed the Holy One to pray. They knew that God answered the prayer of the Holy Man. So they lifted up his arms because they needed him. Our world needs holy people praying. Our children need holy people praying. Our grandchildren need holy people praying. Our neighbors, our city, our state, our nation, our world as long as Christ tarries in coming to this earth to bring his judgments and rescue us out of it, needs holy ones who pray in this way in every place. Will it be us? Can it be us? You say, I failed. You say, I'm, I'm in sin. Well, confess it. Take it before the Lord Jesus. He forgives you and cleanses you and washes you of all sins if you'll just tell him the truth. You said, well, I'll fail again. Well, stop resting in your own power. Go to him. Take his life for your holiness. Hate your sin and then press in towards the goal of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus and say, Jesus, you take me there. You live it out from me. I'm all yours. Do it for the sake of your prayers. Do it for the sake of others' salvation. Do it for God's glory. And then pray. It's my desire that this year would be a year in which the people in this place prove God's promise true. But it starts first with an inward look, doesn't it? Don't go there in your own flesh. You'll uh, do an inquisition that will be devastating. Let the Spirit take you and let the Spirit show you. The Spirit who reveals to your sins and your points of compromise and your point of unyieldedness will graciously call you now, lay it down. He won't come and bring his voice of judgment. Now lay it down. I'll wash it. I'll cleanse it. We'll apply the blood of Jesus. I'll give you something better. I'll give you myself. Go with him. Prepare yourself for a year of prayer. Let's bow our heads. Our Heavenly Father, uh, there are great needs before our nation. There are great needs in our homes. We have mothers who are facing the duty that every mother has faced of raising their children. Mothers that are waiting upon children to come We have those who have ailing parents and grandparents that they watch over, those who are taking new steps into another dimension or another stage in their life, needing to navigate that, wanting to do it, looking forward to it, but, Lord, so needing to do it in such a way that it honors you and glorifies you. We have needs among ourselves. We look out from our own lives, we see the need for our families our children, our grandchildren. We see things that are happening in their lives, dear God, that if they continue on that trajectory would, would only increase woe in their life. We want you, O oh God, to intervene. We want, dear God, your truth to come in the way and rescue them and stop the cycle and present, oh God, the saving grace of our Savior, Jesus Christ, might be delivered. They might find life in you Their lives might go on a totally different trajectory. All the the places where we look, dear God, we should be found at prayer. God, may we agree to pray together. May we agree to be together and with one another praying. May this be noted as a place of prayer, strategic prayer. Oh God, first and foremost, lay the groundwork of holiness in our own lives through Jesus Christ alone. Complete and utter surrender. If there is something, something we've not let go of, some dreams, some desires, something we're presuming that we know, dear God, we pursue for our own wishes and our own desires, but not, not in yieldedness to you. God, may it be confessed right now. May it be turned over to you. May your life, your presence, dear Jesus, be what we desire, producing within us that wonderful fruit of the Spirit, We ask it in Jesus' precious name, amen. Well, thank you for listening to the ministry of the Bread of Life. To learn more about our ministry, let me suggest you go to one of two websites. First, go to traincpe.org, traincpe.org to learn more about the work we're doing all over the world to equip and engage the body of Christ in personal evangelism, discipleship, and church planting or to learn about our work in your community, go to breadoflifeboise.org. Until the next time, God bless you.